Good morning and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overview Anonymous, A Vision for You Facebook Study. My name is Amy G and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is January 5th, 2021. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we are on page 26, the fourth paragraph, that last paragraph down on the bottom of the page starting with, but this man, going through three paragraphs, ending with the paragraph on page 27, doors hell closed with a claim. Today's readers are, and thank you to Team Tuesday, Kathy F., Karen K., Susan H., Nosa J., Sandy C., and our newcomer greeter for the end of our meeting is Dina B., and our host for the second unrecorded hour is Maria F. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, January 4th, for the 7 a.m. meeting, 16,126, that's 16126, and for the 10 a.m. meeting, 16,127, 16127. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Nosa J to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Nosa. Nosa, press star one to unmute, please. No, so we can't hear you. No, sir. Okay. Susan H., are you available to read the 12 step for me, please? I am. No, I'm unmuted. This is Susan H., uh, repulsive. <laughs> repulsive. Compulsive. Recovered overeater in Ohio. That's what happens when I hurry. <clears throat> the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two came to believe in a power greater than ourselves that, that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, 
to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass. Thank you so much, Susan, for jumping in there. Greatly appreciate you. I will now ask for Sandy C. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Sandy. Thank you. Hi, Sandy C., recovered compulsive overeater, very grateful in Fall River, Massachusetts. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. I pass. Thank you so much, Sandy C. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but... We ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. 
but this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 26, the fourth paragraph, starting with this man, but this man still lives, going through three paragraphs. And I'm going to ask Kathy F. to get us started. Go ahead, Kathy. Good morning, Amy. This is Oh. No, you're fine, Kathy. Go ahead. I was just saying it's your turn. Okay. (laughs) This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. But this man still lives and is a free man. He does not need a bodyguard, nor is he confined. He can go anywhere on this earth where other free men may go without disaster, provided he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. Some of our alcoholic readers may think they can do without spiritual help. Let us tell you the rest of the conversation our friend had with this doctor. The doctor said, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. I have never seen one single case recover where the state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. Our friend felt as though the gates of hell had closed on him with a clang. Well, it's been my experience, as we read yesterday, that all attempts to control and enjoy my eating had been tried. And even locking up the food, not having it in the house, not going out, avoiding parties or attending weddings and vacations was going to be my future. Um, But who am I kidding? The store is a half mile away. I have three kids and a husband who don't currently suffer from this disease. And the world is not going to shut down for me, although COVID came close in my favor on that one. But after working the 12 steps, coming into this meeting and getting with a sponsor, here I am, a free woman. And what does that look like today? It means I go out to dinner. I attend home parties. I celebrate birthdays and holidays without disaster. And uh, today, I just, I walk a new path. As a compulsive overeater, I bring my food to any event without shame or expectation. And I practice the steps, 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis. That's part of the simple, um, the maintenance that I do. And it, it gives me, it gets me to a place of a simple attitude, a new attitude that is required. And that is a humility that God is in control that God is everything I need. And my life isn't about me. It's about receiving the love of God and being a channel to others. It's about being free to be me, to show up today, as scared as I am, but I'm not living by fear, which I used to do in the past, where I would have come up with another excuse. I would have run away. I would have eaten. I wouldn't have shown up. I never would have even volunteered to serve. I just would have been too scared. But in spite of my fear, I walk a new path of, it's a path of love, of trusting, you know, that that God is with me, um, that I can show up despite fear. God is guiding me. It's teaching me, you know, that it's okay to move through it. No matter what happens, I'm loved and I'm not alone. I'm here on this line with so many friends and that my value and worth remain intact. And uh, I'm just grateful for that gift today. 
grateful to be to be here. And um, just I can't wait to hear what other people have to say about this passage. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kathy, for getting us started. Okay. So, although we value everyone's experience, if you shared on Monday or on Friday, we ask that you please give way to have hear other people's experience, strength, and hope. So, who would like to share on what was read? Katie G. Tina Nessa Tina Nessa. I missed who was the um, gentleman, please. Rick J. Rick J. Anybody else? All right. We're going to get started with Katie G, Tina S, Nessa R, Rick J. Mary J. All right, Mary, let me just add you on there. All right. Katie G, you have the floor. Please go ahead. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for taking the meeting. Good morning, everyone. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Eater in Boston. I was so excited to learn that the word attitude is in the big book 23 times. An attitude is a way of thinking, feeling about someone reflected in my behavior. And I mean, I came into the rooms and um, I was a brittle, hard, underweight, angry woman, unfit for anybody. And I um, I was sharing this morning that I used to um, clean uh, my house from top to bottom for I was the only one that lived there. I would grocery shop. I was paralyzed to be alone and I was abstinent, but I was abstinent only and I did not have a relationship with God. And, you know, the thing is, Today, my attitude, my whole life depends on my attitude, right? In um, step 11, it says my thought life will be placed on a, on a much higher plane. It might be step 10. So my thoughts have life. So my entire life is determined about my judgments, what I'm thinking, what I'm saying. You know, in the hardest line of the book, as a recovered woman with my attitude, right? I, ha- I can go anywhere. God is my bodyguard. But I have to safeguard against what? Against this mind that's going to judge you and it's going to judge everyone else and I'm going to get out of the room right hardest line of the book which is the most beautiful promise and if you know me you know what I'm going to say is I can be sober considerate and helpful regardless of what anyone says or does regardless of my three-year-old tantrum regardless of my husband's working from home and then being on speakerphone all day long regardless of a pandemic regardless I can be sober considerate and helpful whether you like me or not because the only relationship that matters for me today is God and a lot of times we hear we need to do um, be of maximum service to God I need to fit myself to be of maximum service fit myself that means I don't get to decide what my service is. It doesn't matter that I've already changed a poopy diaper. There's another one there. It doesn't matter that there's laundry. Again, there's more laundry for me to do. It doesn't matter that I don't want to do it. I get to do it because for some reason, God has given me multiple lives in one lifetime. I'm like a cat. I used to be 228 pounds, 110 pounds. And if you think I'm like a fire hose now, you should have met me 16 years ago. Because I was a fire hose and a half and not able to function because I needed you and everyone else to love me and make me okay. And you know what's amazing is that um, for me, emotional sobriety, the ability to feel my feelings and not be held 
hostage, I'm not perfect at it. Yesterday, I was a fear hostage. And you know what the amazing thing is? I didn't owe any amend, right? And so today, what do I get to do? God, I fell short yesterday. Show me how to do it differently. Let me be different. I am recovered. I am never going to be cured. And I love having my seat with all of you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, KG. Okay, Tina S., you're up, followed by Nessa R. Thanks so much, Amy. Uh, Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, wow. You know, but this man still lives and is a free man. Uh, that just really makes my heart warm and I, sh- and I shake, you know, because that's my life today. I still live and I'm a free woman. You know, I, I don't need a bodyguard, and I'm not confined, you know, but I, I was all that in my disease, you know. I certainly needed a bodyguard, and I, I needed to be confined, you know. And, and, I can, and he can go anywhere on this earth where other free men go without disaster, provided he, minds, he remains willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. And I love the, uh, the definition of attitude, and same here, you know. Uh, you know, the bottom line for me is... Uh, I love the last paragraph sounds like doom and gloom. You know, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. I've never seen one case recover where that state of mind existed to the extent that it does in, in you. And that was in me. But that was the good news. That was the good news and the bad news. Because from there on, the only um, help that I had or could be free with was a power greater than myself, a spiritual awakening, a transformation. And the only solution for me was the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, Overeaters Anonymous. And that may not be for everybody, but it was for me. And I'm so grateful that they told me that, that I was doomed, you know, that, I, that um, they had never seen one case reco- recover that had the same thinking as I did, you know, the same situations, the same abnormal reaction, allergy to the body, obsession, twist of the mind, all that stuff. That the only solution for me was that spiritual awakening, you know, and, and what, what a freedom it is and what a gift. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tina. Nessa R., you're up, followed by Rick Chase. Hi, this is Nessa R. Did you call on me? I was unmuting. I did. I sure did. Oh, great. Thank you. So uh, this is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada, um, a free man. Um, and I am so blessed, happy, and I guess even privileged to say that I am a free woman today. Um, you know, nine years of freedom from compulsive overeating. And before then, I used to believe that freedom was being able to eat all the cheesecake I wanted, um, not realizing that actually that was confinement, perhaps not in, a, in a, uh, an institution, but confinement within my head. Um, you know, I couldn't live my life without, without soothing, and that is not the case, you know, at all today. When I first started working with my sponsor, I gave up a ton of food, you know, very, very willingly. There was one food that I just wouldn't give up, and it was coffee. Um, but experience showed me that that too had to go and it went. And, um, you know, it's been, it's been nine years. And uh, in the past six months, I've been experiencing some mild health issues. Um, I was diagnosed with uh, high blood pressure six months ago. And uh, just last week, I uh, was diagnosed with a minor um, hiatal hernia. And um, the interesting thing is that <laughs> all those can be addressed by changing the way I eat. Again, 
and this time was was totally different you know like i the, you know the the um high blood pressure i needed to give up salt no problem salt went now with the hiatal hernia the foods that have to be eliminated are chocolate coffee fried foods and i just laugh at that because they're not even in my diet already for like nine years but there's other ones you know like spicy foods which replace you know the salt uh, with salt okay you know it's salt but you can eat spicy so i started eating spicy and then now that has to go and guess what not a big deal like it's not an agony i remember how much i agonized over the um giving up of the coffee and now these things are like oh you know who cares you know it's just food food is in its place i am completely absolutely free because i don't depend on food to get through the day i don't depend on food to get through life through challenges i mean we all have challenges and i can live life without having to compulsively overeat and that couldn't have happened if I had not worked these 12 steps exactly as outlined in the big book in entire abstinence and achieved um, a relationship with God uh, that is my solution today to all my problems, to all my problems. I cannot imagine what would have happened if these, these health problems had arisen, you know, uh, 10 years ago when I was over 70 pounds overweight, unwilling to give this, that, uh, or the, the, the other um, up. Uh, you know, it would have been unmanageable, and now it, it's a breeze. It's a breeze. It's a blessing from God. Um, and uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. Okay, Rick J. Followed by Mary J. Go ahead, Rick. Hey, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. Love this paragraph, and love listening to the shares going on this morning. Um, and I still live and, uh, I am a free man. <laughs> I don't need a bodyguard and, uh, I'm not confined. I can go anywhere. Other free men may go. And I, I live in a household where my son's home from college and, you know, and everybody in the family loves to bake. And it, at any given time, there's going to be smells of some sort of cake or cookies uh, brownies, there's popcorn being popped, there's peaches coming out of the oven. I mean, this is the world that I live in, and this is a world that I used to binge on all these things, um, you know, because I did have, you know, with the mind of a, a, a chronic alcoholic, with the mind of a, a chronic compulsive overeater, um, and the problem had not been solved. You know, um, I uh, now have been recovered i have the mind of of a recovered compulsive overeater and that came through you know the spiritual awakening uh by working this you know this program these steps completely and thoroughly and continuing to work them every day and i, I started my day this morning you know working steps one two and three and i'm working steps 10 11 and 12 all through the day and it reminds me a little bit of uh you know when we're reading, you know, we get through the promises and, you know, and we, we see, uh, you know, we're continuing this process in step 10 with this, uh, you know, reconnecting when we get disconnected and we're going to continue to strengthen that uh, conscious contact with God as we understand him and carry the message. But the promises that, that are awaiting us is what I see here, you know, with, with being free is, you know, the, um, 
you know, being placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. I haven't sworn off. The problem has been removed. And, but then, you know, when he goes on to say, remind the guy, you know, you have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. So do I. I do. And it's easy to let up on that spiritual program of action. I'm not cured, like it's been said. I have a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of my spiritual condition. And when I'm maintaining that spiritual condition, you know, I live in that connection with the higher power and I live in freedom today. So it's just so reassuring to know that, yes, I have the mind of a chronic alcoholic, but I also have a recovered mind now as long as I keep maintaining my spiritual condition as hard as I can go. And I have to do that. That's the part where I get to do that for myself. And then God will do for me what I cannot. But anyway, good to be here with everybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rick. Mary, go ahead. Good morning. My name is Mary Nell J. And I'm out here in Corona, California. I don't I don't share very often, but I listen every morning because this vision for you is probably the most amazing OA meetings I've ever, ever attended or been to. And I, every morning, get nourished and sustained by listening to each person that shares. It is a gift from God, especially during COVID. I came to OA 240 pounds out of control, racing towards my grandmother. My grandmother was 400 pounds and died so large that they could not find a uh, casket for her and she was buried in a piano crate. And no matter what I had tried, I, I, was, I was doomed. I knew that I had no control, that everything I had tried had failed. And then my dear friend in AA saw me at my bottom one night buried in my refrigerator and he said, Mary Nell, you treat food like I do alcohol. And God was like an epiphany in my brain. And I went, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what I do. And I called. I found the nearest meeting. And I sat in the back of the room and just cried because I knew, I knew that I wasn't totally hopeless, that, that there was a way out for me there wasn't there was a way for me to to be free and it's been 30 years now of one day at a time slowly but surely and ever so gently getting my whole life lined up in God's in God's will in in my higher power and I am free but in and I can go to any buffet I can go to any party or any wedding when when it's not COVID, and and be free of that, and just enjoy the people, and know that my higher power has me there to be of service to someone or some something, and it is it is by grace that I'm here, and I don't share very often, but I just wanted to thank every one of you for getting on the line, and for being my lifeline out here in the middle of Corona virus. Um, of California pandemic. So God bless you all. And I will keep listening and praying for each and every one of us to be free. Thank you for letting me share.
Thank you, Mary J. Sorry about that. I'm back on the line. So just a friendly reminder to everyone, we are on page 26, last paragraph, going through three paragraphs. So who else would like to share on what was read? Please give me your name. Christina J. Christina J. Okie doke. Pedro B. Pedro B. Okay. Anyone else? Karen G. Karen G. Did you say? Yes. Okay, great. Anyone else? Everyone's being very polite today. No one else? All right. We have Christina J, Pedro B, Karen G. Carmela. Right, oh, Carmela. I got you. Carmela. Carmela G. Okay, so Christina J, you're up. Followed by Pedro B. You have the floor, Christina. Please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Christina J in the state of Washington. I uh, just have been amazed by all the shares today, and what could I add? But um, and I said, higher power, should I share? And um, just said, share. So the thing that stood out for me is, what is this state of mind um, that existed to the extent that it does, that it did in me? Because today I walk free. I'm, <laughs> I really can't believe it. I mean, I was thinking about this and talking about this to other fellows. Um, I, I just really used to kind of blow off the fact that people would say they were a year free or 10 years free or whatever. It was like, oh, well, whatever, you know. I didn't understand the depth of being free from the food for now, I'm almost six months. That's amazing. I see the miracle of it now, and I'm just such a newbie as far as being free. But now I know what that other shore feels like. And, you know, as I've said before, you can't know it till you get there. And it's just really an amazing thing to be neutral around food. I don't have to have this state of mind where I'm driven like a mad person to steal food from refrigerators, from people's desks and their drawers, going to parties, not able to have a good time because the only thing I want to do is go look at the tables and see what I can put in my pocket and take to the bathroom and stuff down my face and feel horrible the whole time, just driven by that insanity. That's what the state of mind was for me. Standing at the fridge, you know, when I didn't have any abstinent foods in my house, trying to figure out, oh, what can I put together? Let me get some toast, put butter, uh, stevia on it, and cinnamon. Let me eat the whole, you know, it wasn't just one or two pieces. It ended up being all of it. Um, trying to make something that would give me the hit. Standing at the cupboards, I mean, I just did it. People's cupboards when they weren't there, scrounging through their house thinking about it all day, the state of mind um, driven by some kind of demon inside of me that was restless, irritable, discontent. One of my favorite stories is Jim, who has a nervous disposition. I mean, I, I have a nervous disposition. I am an anxious person. Um, talking to someone recently, I realized that whenever I go into some situation that I have to face, uh, that I don't know what to do, I, I immediately get anxious, and I'm becoming aware of that and surrendering that. Talking to another person yesterday, surrender is the key, uh, not just about the food, but when we become aware of all these different pieces of ourselves that kind of rise up after we take that top layer off in the fourth step, we've got all these little, other little monkeys that come up, you know, and um, to be aware of those is the key. And I, I have a tendency to autopilot numb, 
Recently, my mom's in the hospital. She's pretty chronic. And people are asking me how I feel. And I just say, I don't feel anything. I'm numb. And so this is what I have to take to a 10th step or to, to, to a fellow to talk about. I have to watch myself like a hawk. Because if these things pile up again in me, I'm going into that state of mind and disaster is waiting. And so I've got you guys. I've got the spiritual toolkit. I've got a new new way of li- living today that keeps me neutral and free, and I can go anywhere. Now, I, I'll say one last thing. I don't walk down the candy aisle skipping along going, oh, ha, 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 I'm free. You don't tempt me. I mean, I just don't. <laughs> Why play with the disease like that? Why get a huge ego about it? You know, if my mm-hmm. husband has a piece of chocolate cake in the fridge and I keep opening the fridge and there it is looking at me, I hide it. I put it somewhere where I don't have to look at it. Am I neutral around food? Yes. Am I going to eat that? No. As long as God stays with me, as long as I know it's dangerous, as long as I keep my daily spiritual reprieve. But I don't need to look at it and tempt that old disease waiting. So anyway, I'm very grateful today, and I am um, so thankful for you guys. Thank you for everything I share. I share. I share. I pass. (laughs) Thank you, Christina J. Okay. Pedro, Pedro B, please go ahead. Good morning. Can I be heard? I can hear you well. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, thank everybody for uh, for being here for me. Um, I recently relapsed, and uh, I'm working on day three today. Um I haven't been back uh, at a vision for you, and I'm so glad to be here this morning uh, working with uh, uh, my good friend and uh, very happy. So uh, um, very happy, very grateful to to have uh, three days of afternoons. Anyways, uh, the one uh, sentence that jumped out at me this morning was this sentence that, that says, I have never seen one single case recover where that state of mind existed to the extent that it does in you. And, and you know, this the state of mind that, uh, that drove me back to the food, you know. Um, so it's like spiritual awakening, you know. My, my, my friend keeps pointing out that, that I need to uh, work the steps so that I have a spiritual awakening. And the way the doctor, I was listening to the doctor's opinion, uh, and and the way he described it is a psychic change. So I need to change my mind about, you know, uh, everything, really, you know. And uh, I'm glad to know this morning that uh, I need to put everything aside that I think I know about uh, recovery about myself, about the steps, about God, for for an open mind and a new experience. Uh, uh, I was looking at uh, the essentials of recovery, which he says that we need to be honest, open-minded, and willing. If we don't do that, uh, we're not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. If I'm not honest with myself, if, you know, like my friend shared with me that, uh, um I need to be honest. When I say I'm a compulsive overeater, I need to know that, and I cannot afford to forget that, you know. Um, so I need to be really honest with myself. And then 
you know, I need to be, like my friend says, I need to be honest about everything, but especially about the fact that I'm a compulsive overeater. Anyways, um, I need I need you people. I need you. I'm going to keep coming back, and, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Pedro. Welcome back. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous. Welcome home. All right, Karen G., you are up. Please go ahead. Thank you so much. Um, my name's Karen G. from New Jersey and sometimes uh, Fort Lauderdale. And I'm a compulsive overeater, undereater, restrictor, um, exercise bulimic. Um, and relatively new. I say that because um, I'm just learning so much. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> I've been doing this trying to be in the steps, let's say, every day for the last year and a month, um, some way, shape, or form. And I just want to thank everyone on the line because this meeting has been a lifeline for me. The outreach, um, the, the fellowship has just been um, an amazing miracle where I hear, I hear my higher power um, through your voices every day and um, starting to understand just starting to understand. I still feel like I'm such a baby. There's so much to learn, learning new things every day. But what stood out to me in this paragraph was, um, you know, remaining willing to maintain a certain simple attitude. And the simple attitude, you know, it takes me back to the other discussion of simple, simple, but not easy. Um, And it's in this, this whole attitude is, is also simple but not easy because it it really kind of reminds me that you know i just have to keep going back to the steps um one two three and whatever else i need to do in particular being of service to others so that's why i thought i would share today maybe somebody can relate um but the simpleness is really just understanding you know that i am powerless really over not just my disease but um basically my whole life is unmanageable uh it's unmanageable um it was unmanageable it is unmanageable and i cannot manage it um because that means that i think that i can control uh, what is what's reality and i can't i can't control reality and and um and mostly i'm learning that i can't control a lot about myself, who I am, um, in my disease and, uh, you know, and being able to remove myself from any kind of shame or guilt or, um, blame, um, is really, I think what, what helps me be free. Uh, and that freedom is, you know, is something that is again, simple, but not easy having to work at it every single day. Um, I'm not entitled to freedom, um, but I can achieve it, you know, one day at a time. I have achieved it. Um, You know, I don't expect that I can, uh, I don't have, I don't have, I don't believe that I can expect to achieve it in the future, even though I can hope to achieve it in the future, as long as I continue to work the steps every day. And um, also, you know, just being able to go where other free men may go. Thank you. Um, It's been such a wonderful, 
ability to do that without being controlled by the food. So um, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. Okay, Carmela, it's your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, everyone on the line, and for all the beautiful shares and everyone who. Carmela, we lost you on. Carmela? Sorry about that, Amy. Um, oh, you're back. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was unmuted. My name is Carmela G, and I'm a grateful compulsive overeater recovered for today. Um, this reminds me of when I was in disease, and I was in disease for over six decades, and I just would not admit I was powerless. How can you say I'm powerless? Look at my credentials. Look at my career. I'm not powerless. But today, I walk free because I admitted that powerlessness. I had a relationship I didn't have a relationship, and today I have a relationship with a God of my understanding who is so loving and tolerant of all my insanity. And he, every single day, gives me the gift, provided I stay connected, of abstinence. And I want to follow his directions because Carmela's directions got her into such a hole. It got her into misery and a life of raging and so angry. But today, the amount of peace and the amount of joy in my life And I don't mean life is easy. Life is very difficult some days, especially in this day of COVID when loved ones are getting the disease and it's frightening, but I trust. I trust in this power, and every single day I work these steps, and I am given a beautiful day and a serene day, all because. I was willing to surrender, and that I do every day, and it only is through God's grace that I am free of the substance, and I only use it to nourish my body today, and I use people and friends, fellows, family to nourish the love in my life and my primary love is that I receive from God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Carmela G. Okay. Um, we have time probably for about three or four more shares. Again, if you haven't Julie shared M. the last couple of days. All right, Julie. Matt Julie M. Matt. Yep. Matt M., did you say? Matt J.S. Oh, Matt J.S. Okay. Uh, another one, maybe? Another person? Matthew M. Kathy M. All right, let's go with those three. I'm sorry, who is that? Crystal P. 
Crystal, let's see how we go, okay? Okay. All right. Julie M., Matt, J.F., Kathy M., Crystal P. Julie M., you're up. Please go ahead. Hi. Good morning. Thank you. I'm Julie M., recovered in Colorado. And this is just, it's reminding me of just the contrast between the absolute desperation and the moments of noticing like like of of giving up a food and how painful and hard that is and and then coming to the place of neutrality it's like it's this miracle and last night i was working with uh, a sponsee and she's doing amends and step 10s and step 11 and she's she's in that place of like oh my god i'm i'm not obsessing about this food, I, you know, I can serve something to my kids and then put the knife in the sink and not think about licking it. And in the beginning, I remember when she was like, she had put down sugar and she was like, I have to put down honey. And it was like this earth shattering experience for her. And, you know, I asked her, can you put it down for one day? And last night we talked about honey and we, it was just, and I, and my point in talking about her is that thank God for step 12 because when I work through this with her I'm reminded of how painful it was for me to let go of certain foods and Sunday was nine years of abstinence from sugar which is is a miracle and thank God for working with a sponsee because I'm reminded of how how hard it was for me and how much I fought it and how much I, I railed at God and was angry and cried and just grieved this food that I thought I couldn't live without. And now I don't think about it. It's not a part of my world. And I have difficulty. I have, I have a lot of difficulty in my life. And food is not, it's not even remotely the answer for me anymore. And my, you know, I remember when I used to have to write HP on my hand so that I would remember to go to my higher power because that was the last place I would go. And now it's the first place I go. And it's just the whole thing is a miracle. And I'm just so grateful and so grateful for this meeting. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julie M. Matt J.F., it's your turn. Thank you, Amy, and thank you for your service this morning. This is Matt J.F., as in Junk Food or Joint Fellowship in Kentucky, and uh, I wasn't going to share, and then something happened, and I felt like maybe I should. So I'm out walking right now, that's why I'm a little bit winded, and I walk almost every day. Uh, I have an outside medical condition that leaves my right foot to be pretty numb. And as I was walking, as I started my walk, got a couple minutes from my car in this beautiful park that I walk in, and I started to think, I feel like there might be something in my right shoe. And I really didn't want that to be true. Because once I start walking, you know, I like set my Apple Watch. I try and keep my pace. I try and warm up because it's kind of cold. I didn't want that to be, I didn't want to stop. So at first I was like, you know, this happens sometimes. Like my foot is numb. It feels weird things sometimes. It's probably just that. I walked a little further, and I realized, no, this isn't going away. 
there's a real thing in my, and it felt like a big twig somehow. And I was like, how did I miss that? How did I miss that there's something giant in my shoe that is causing me this discomfort? And, and then I thought, you know what? I'm going to muscle through. I don't need to take this out. It's not that bad. I'll just keep going. And then I realized, dude, why are you being such a jerk? Just get the thing out of your shoe. You'll feel better. And I was like, oh, but I don't want to because the ground's wet. My sock will get wet. If I take, when my hands are warm, I take my gloves and mittens off. And finally I was like, I got to get this thing out of there. So I made a plan. I knew where I would stop. There's like a pavilion with benches. Stop and take care of it. So I did. And just knowing that I had a plan helped. And it took away the whole, like, how could I have been so stupid? I hate this stupid stone, you know, or twig or branch or whatever it was. So, you know, I get to the pavilion. I sit down, take off my gloves, take off my shoe. There's a teeny tiny little pebble in there. I made careful. I, I was really careful to make sure that I saw what it was because I didn't want it just to be in my head. It wasn't. My mind had made more of it than it was, but it's just a little pebble. And so I shook it out and put my shoe back on, put my gloves back on, started walking again. To me, that's the certain simple attitude. I had to overcome the denial. I had to recognize there's no moral superiority in pushing through and just take the action required to address the problem. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Matt. Okay, Kathy M., you're up. Hi, Kathy M., uh, recovered compulsive eater from Bridgewater, Mass. Can you hear me? I can. Please yeah. go ahead. Oh, great, great, great. All right, I, I want to thank everyone for the sharing. Thank you for taking my call this morning. Um, one of my sponsors uh, told me yesterday that if um, I said, you know, I just uh, sometimes I just don't feel like uh, – I have anything to identify with and share with. And she said, you know, if you waited for that to happen, Kathy, it might be two years. So um, mm-hmm. so, I, so I asked for help, and here I am. And, uh, um, you know, I could identify with uh, a lot of the speakers today, but uh, with with the free person uh, uh, wording in, in the uh, reading today. And, uh, um, you know, I've had many experiences of that. I, I have another sponsor that, ta- that used to talk about neutrality with food. I thought, oh, yeah, that's good for you, but it's not working for me. You know, I, I can white knuckle it, and I've been maintaining my, my weight for over a year now, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm good, I'm good. And, and then I finally was, um, you know, half measures were availing me nothing, and, and I, I, I knew that I needed to do more work, and, and I got guidance through the steps, and, uh, you know, lo and behold, I, I know what she's talking about now. I can identify, and, and I know what, what freedom from food is, and, you know, uh, before, um, over the holidays, I I wanted to, to do a, a little, um, I, I wanted to spend some time with, with my great niece, and, and we made cookies. Not a good thing for, for me to do, but, but, you know, I was blessed, and I asked for help, and and I, I didn't pick what I was when I was making the dough, and and I didn't pick when we were rolling it out, and and I didn't pick uh, when we were baking it, and and when the cookie was broken, I gave it to her, and I and I didn't, and through the whole process, 
it it didn't occur to me that you know I, I should I should pick at this like I used to and and that's absolutely the grace of God and and my great niece and I got to spend you know a couple of three hours together and 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 I was not focused on the food I was just focused on on spending you know a nice wonderful loving time with her and and that's absolutely due to uh, my higher power and, and all you people there here so thanks for hearing me I pass. Thank you so much, Kathy. So glad you shared. Okay, Crystal P, we have time for you. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is uh, Crystal P from Toronto, Canada, Compulsive Overeater. In reading these paragraphs, what it reminded me of was the moment when the doors of I felt the doors of hell had clanged on me uh, because of what my doctor said to me, because I had a doctor who had the courage to tell me the truth about my disease. Um, uh, you know, I, I got a new family doctor and I went in to see her after a physical and, um, and she pulled out, you know, the BMI chart and showed me, uh, this was the first time someone had showed this to me that because I was five feet tall and 250 pounds, she showed me the chart that I was no longer on the chart anymore. I had gotten so obese that I was outside the BMI chart and she said to me, you know, Crystal, you need to lose at least a hundred pounds and then you'll be in the obese category. And, and that's your only chance of actually, you have so many medical problems that if you don't lose 100 pounds, you're not going to live very long. And at this point, I was around 30, 31 years old. And I remember the gates, like, it wasn't that the gates of hell clanged at that point, because I remember thinking, okay, and I said to her, you know, okay, I'm going to pull out the diet, and I'm going to pull out the exercise, you know, routine, and I'm going to get started. I got it now. You know, I'm going to do it. And that's when she said, don't bother. You know, I've worked with I've worked with people who are who are really large and had to had to lose a lot of weight, and I've never seen anybody lose over 100 pounds and keep it off for a sustainable period of time. You need to do the bariatric surgery, and that's when you know the gates of hell closed on me. That this doctor thought I was so far gone that I couldn't even, but I had no chance of losing the weight. I had to be surgically altered in order to stop eating. And when I looked up what you have to eat after the bariatric surgery, I knew there, there's no way. I saw the word cottage cheese and I was like, absolutely not. You know, I knew there was no way that would work for me. And that was when the gates of hell clanged in on me. And I knew that I was now between a rock and a hard place. And I was grateful the doctor, you know, was, had the courage to tell me the problem. Uh, but she didn't have the information to tell me what the cause of the problem was and what the solution was. And that's what I found in OA. I'm so, so grateful that I didn't have to put a Band-Aid solution, that I got to the root of the problem of my disease, and that today I have lost over 100 pounds, and I'm keeping it off, but more importantly, I'm not miserable about it. I am happy about it. I don't miss any of those foods. There's no grief. It's just good riddance. You took 30 years of my life. I won't give you one more second more, and I'm living a life that's so much better than what I thought I could ever live, and I'm so grateful for that. Thanks for letting me share our past. Thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you, everyone, for a great meeting. And everyone who shared, thank you for Team Tuesday and all your service. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today's meeting, Tuesday, January 5th, 2021, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting is 16,132. That's six. One three two. We will now close with a reading from the Big Book on page one sixty four, followed by the Serenity Prayer. 
Karen Kay, if you could please take us out, that would be Good awesome. Good morning, everybody. My name is Karen Kay, recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credits don't transfer. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation and what you can do for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See that that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We will be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.